Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Toasted Tale Live. This is the live show that I like to do a few times a week. It may not be as polished as the regular Toasted Tale episodes that get released on a Tuesday, but I like to um, say hi and have a little chat over a live uh, format a few times a week. Keep my brain active and I like this sort of subjects and random thought processes that we can fall upon. I was meant to do this episode yesterday. I was um, hoping to do uh, go for a few subjects uh, while on here, but uh, classically I left it a bit too late in the day and uh, it was uh, getting a bit too dark. Well, the time was ticking on, and I thought better maybe to do it today. And so that's what we're going to do. So when I was out walking yesterday, uh, I thought of an idea of how to, you know, something we could do well on a live toasted tale. And I realized that I love a good quote. I think that a good quote can encompass uh, an idea or a thought. Um, about a subject, and if there was a way of getting some random quotes and then having a little natter about them, I thought that would be quite interesting. So that's what I did. So yesterday I uh, threw the proverbial dice and found uh, five quotes that I thought would be interesting to read out. We can have a little look at the people who either spoke them or wrote them down, and also what we feel about these specific pieces of text. The first one that I came across was a, by a man named Richard Feynman, and it goes a bit like this, quote, We are at the very beginning of time for the human race. It is not unreasonable that we grapple with problems, but there are tens of thousands of years in the future. Our responsibility is to do what we can, learn what we can, improve the solutions, and pass them on. End quote. Now, a little bit about Richard. Uh, Richard Feynman, who was born on May the 11th, uh, 1918, and died in February 1988 in Los Angeles, was an American theoretical physicist who was widely regarded as the most brilliant, influential, and iconoclastic figure in his field in the post-war World War II era. So he was obviously a big deal in the field that he worked within. And I really like what he had to say about each of our responsibility to not only our, you know, each other, the whole human race, but also to our potential. Hopefully we'll be around for a very long time. There is a lot of, there is an almost an endless amount of things that we can learn and progress that can be made. But this only gets completed if we all are pushing in the right direction. And that hat doesn't have to be, you know, seven or so billion people all focusing on one thing. But I like the idea of 
a general feeling, a general idea that we're all going in the right direction or pushing forward in progress. Every facet of our lives can be improved upon, even the most even the most kind of idyllic things that we've got, almost the things that we, we, we perceive as perfect now, there are degrees that can be improved. And it's not easy. And, but a lot of these things are worth doing. As a species, we've got the time. But as I said, it relies on each of us individually. So what can be done... What can you and I as individuals do to grapple with the problems that as humanity we face? Well, I think it's first important to identify the problem you want to tackle, or the problems maybe. Knowing in your mind where you feel there is an issue can set you on a path to making moves and fixing these issues. It may require small little changes in your life, behavioural um, adjustments perhaps, or you may want to go bigger and maybe you'll need to retrain, maybe you want to get into a new field or you want to volunteer to be in a position where you can start really impacting change. I may have talked about this in a previous podcast, but I believe there is a grand barometer. Uh, actually, I think it might be in a future podcast that I might have recorded and, and planned for the future I've talked about. This, but I believe there is a grand barometer of humanity. And many, perhaps. Now, these can relate to different things. Uh, one of them may be the, you know, how much good is in the world. And that individually, if we decide to be better each and every day, even by a tiny percentage, you make the average of the human race a little bit better. Along that same vein, everyone doing their little bit. On the grand barometer of progress, when you make that effort, you are changing the dial of the human race pushing it a little bit further, however little you do, as long as you do something. Let's move on to the next quote, shall we? The next one is by a man named John Scalzi, and he goes, quote, Part of what makes us human is what we mean to other people, and what people mean to us. End quote. And that is a quote from John's book, which is Old Man's War, which was published in 2005. And he is an American science fiction author and former president of the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers of America. He's best known for the book of which that quote is from, Old Man's War. And that series, the Old Man's War series, there's three novels of which uh, they have been nominated for the Hugo Award and for his blog, Whatever, where he's written on a number of topics since 1998. 
I really like the quote by John Scalzi. It could be argued that what makes us us is based on the interactions we have with others, the imprint that we put on others, and also the readings we gather from those around us. If you were put into isolation, and you had no way of interacting with anyone, what way would we have to understand ourselves? How much of a hole would be in our soul if we had no way of reflecting what makes us, us? And how much more empty would we be if we would have no ability to help those around us? I really think that we would almost become less human without those around us. Surely we're less happy, even those who are introverted or, on the, um, or are on that scale, need some kind of connection, some kind of... Um, it's an assertion that we are alive and that we matter. Even if you only have a few close friends, or on the other side of the scale, you have hundreds of friends, then you need that reflection. You need to feel the consequences of your good and bad actions. You need to know where change needs to be completed within ourselves, and also what within ourselves works for others. If you were to take away our ability to know what we mean to others and what others mean to us, I wonder what percentage of the humanity we hold gets lost. I'll leave that one with you, maybe. Let's move on to the next quote. This is by a man named Stephen Jay Gould. And it goes, quote, In science, fact can only mean confirmed to such a degree that it would be perverse to withhold provisional assent. I suppose that apples might start to rise tomorrow, but the possibility does not merit equal time in physics classrooms. Now, a little bit about Stephen. He uh, was around between the years 1941 and 2002. He was an American paleontologist, evolutionary biologist, and historian of science. He was one of the most influential and widely read authors of popular science in his generation. Gould spent most of his time and his career teaching at Harvard University and working at the American Museum of Natural History in New York. I really like the quote that he wrote about because it talks a lot about something that I believe has been quite a hot-button topic in society recently and, and for a while. 
it's it's the old it's the old favorite fake news it's the opinions being given over as fact the idea of facts have been has almost um been diluted recently there is well there are less well i like to believe there would used to be a golden uh, standard to where we get our information from and how we allow people to influence us and i think to to say that <clears throat> certain you know in quotation marks opinions of others uh, shouldn't be given as much weight as perhaps professionals who have been studying a subject for a long time to me that makes a lot of sense but i do find it interesting that there are large numbers of people nowadays who are deciding to have another you know choose a different path they are doing their own research and finding those who present as facts those bits of information and knowledge which back up their own um, ideas about the world and these may come from various sources it may originate from their own fears their own inherent beliefs about the world and those around them but it helps as stephen gould would say to assert that apples may start to rise tomorrow if they want that to be the case there was a there was a great thing that i heard recently <clears throat> where it was you know someone can say an untruth and that untruth can get halfway around the world before the actual truth pulls up its trousers and gets ready to go i don't quite know how you know, fake news and untruths are going to be combated um in society and life i don't know if it can it's one of those dichotomies that you have with a free society if you allow which obviously i think you should people to be able to have an opinion and voice that opinion like i am now like i'm talking to you now then you're going to have those who give differing opinions and you are going to have those who are going to find their tribe and find those who back up their own opinion it it also isn't probably helped by the idea nowadays that you know if you can shout loud enough and if you can gather enough people to your cause then you can get real popular and you can probably make money off it and you can get some societal cred for it and so there is a inbuilt um, advantage to speaking loudly sounding really confident and credible and using that to gather people to your cause regardless of whether you agree with it to begin with as long as the followers that you can gather agree suddenly you're um a leader of some kind i think it's uh, a dynamic we're going to be facing for a long time to come but i'm sure we will uh, 
we will be understanding this for a long time uh, further. And I wish us all the best of luck in dealing with these ideas. Let's move on to perhaps the fourth uh, quote that we have here. And this is by Ambrose Bierce. And it goes like this, quote, The gambling known as business looks with austere disfavour upon the business known as gambling, end quote. Now, a bit about Ambrose I think we should look into. He was alive from 1842 to 1914. And he, uh, well, that quote per se was from The Devil's Dictionary, a book he wrote. And he was an American short story writer, journalist, poet, and Civil War veteran. And his book, The Devil's Dictionary, was named one of the 100 greatest masterpieces of American literature by the American Revolution by Centennial Administration. His story, An Occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge, has been described as, quote, one of the most famous and frequently anthologized stories in American literature, end quote. And his book on, uh, well, his book, Tales of Soldiers and Civilians, was named by the Groyler Club as one of the 100 most influential American books printed before 1900. And I'm pretty sure when I was doing this research that Ambrose fought in the Civil War, I believe. Um, but he was a very interesting guy and wrote some very interesting pieces of work. And I do like what he had to say on business and gambling. All businesses, in a sense, are gambling. You are taking your skills, a product, the people around you who are going to go on you, go with you on this path, and you're going to try and make some money. You're going to try and put some money in and take more out of it. And the best way, you know, a reason you can call someone a business is because you're providing a service as well. You're being paid to add value to those around you. And that is great in a capitalistic society. In a society in general, adding value to those around you, your community, your country, the people you care about, is a really honourable thing. You are inherently helping those around you in some way. I can look back at all the jobs that I've had, and even if they've been a bit obscure, there has been value that you're providing to the society, and I think most people can say the same. I understand why businesses would look down on gambling, because the difference, I believe, is... I'm sure casinos and gambling establishments would say, hey, we, we provide a service, for sure. Um, if people want to gamble, then let them come into the casino and we will provide that setting for them to enjoy themselves. Hey, it's just a, it's a pastime, it's an enjoyment. They get that thrill, oh yeah. They get to kind of like throw the dice and see what happens. You know, they may, they may come away a lot more wealthy than they left. I think the issue comes when, <clears throat> I think there isn't an issue until you take in human psychology, 
and you appreciate that humans, oh my goodness, we're simple, simple creatures in a way, and we can get addicted and we can become very vulnerable to certain stimuli. And I know there'll be a lot of people who will, you know, toot the horn of personal responsibility, and I absolutely agree. We all need to take responsibility for ourselves and look out for one another. And in a perfect world, you could go, hey, you know, something like gambling, uh, of course, should be allowed and, you know, even unrestricted gambling. Because, you know, we are, there's a lot of gambling that is allowed out there. Um, and I know people who enjoy it. Um, in a perfect world, no one becomes a problem gambler. No one allows gambling to <clears throat> take over their life and give over the deed to their home or make them go into debt. In a perfect world, everyone knows their limit. They're going, well, I'm going to put, I'm going to spend a hundred pounds at the races today, and that's all. I'll put in little bets. I'll have a great time. Ten out of ten, love it. Hit that hundred pounds, we're out of here. Even better, if I win some money, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bank it straight away. Great, made some money, love it. I mean, cool. But we don't live in that perfect world, do we? If I go into a shop and I I purchase something, you know, if I purchase a sandwich, then I'm getting that value straight back. I've exchanged some money. I get the value straight back. I'm not gonna become addicted to eating sandwiches because, well, you know, some sandwiches are really nice, but there's not gonna be the same draw. If I start going to a casino, start seeing a connect, my brain starts making connection between putting down that money, potentially getting that dopamine hit of winning, then we've got problems. I don't like gambling establishments taking advantage of vulnerable people. Regardless of gamblers need to take responsibility for themselves, there should be some responsibility on the establishments for making it so, so easy. And so I do appreciate why business adding value looks down on a business taking value out of society. Right, let's move on to the next one. So this is number five, number five out of five. And this is by, this is a quote by Julie Ross, and Judy Corcoran, that's the one. God, I almost, almost got that one weird. Right, so this goes, quote, Ruminating about the past is like trying to drive backwards to undo a car accident, end quote. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love that. <clears throat> a little bit about these two... Um, these two ladies. Um, this was from a book called Joint Custody with a Jerk, Raising a Child with an Uncooperative Ex. So that may give you an idea of where this quote was directed to. Um, Julie Ross uh, is an executive director of Parenting Horizons, an organization devoted to enriching children's lives through parent and teacher education. And Judy Corcoran, I don't know why I'm having so much difficulty with that name. I'm so sorry, Judy, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> uh, she is a writer, 
editor, designer, proofreader, project manager, webmaster, and book publisher, working with everyone from major media companies and nonprofits to individual clients and pets. And as you saw, well, as I as I said with the uh, quote, this was regarding a book about um, raising a child with an uncooperative uh, partner. And there's many ways I can kind of look into this quote. I mean, initially, if you could just take that, take it, take the words as it is, about looking back on your past and seeing issues. I mean, we we can all look back and have that, oh my goodness moment, you know, what was I thinking? And, you know, ruminate, like the quote says, on things that have gone wrong and beat ourselves up about those decisions we might have made. And sure, maybe we should look back on things that have gone wrong but don't, you know, bury yourself in the ground over them. Find the lessons that can be learned. Say you're sorry to those that need to be apologised to, like, properly. Don't kind of, like, say, oh, I'm sorry if I offended you. you, know, if, you if you did something wrong to someone, then apologise that you were in the wrong. Make the changes to your behaviour so that issues that happened in the past have a lesser chance of happening again. And try to move on. And I guess that some could some could argue that having a child with two people come together and they end up having a child, but those two people haven't got the tools to maintain a healthy relationship and provide a stable and healthy home, then you could argue that having a child in that environment wasn't ideal. And by no means is the child a mistake in this situation. But the two parents made a mistake getting into a effectively a partnership to care for a human life. If it's a business, if you kind of go into business with someone that a year down the line, two years down the line, you fall out and it all goes wrong, then you, know, you can sell the business or you can uh, dissolve it or just take your money out and just let it die. You can't do that with a kid. At least one person, well, I mean, I say that. There are some really bad parents out there. <laughs> um, the child needs looking after. The child de deserves respect. The child deserves love and care. And to be shown... Shown how to live their life in the best way possible. When you have a child, you need to raise yourself. You need to understand what you've you know, your negatives, and try not to put that on your child. Having a child is a great opportunity to change your whole family tree. There are sometimes generational issues in families. 
I would even argue that every family has generational issues in some degree, however small or large. When you have a, a baby, it's not easy, but you can rewrite the script. You can rewrite the story. And for anyone who's listening to this today, there's no reason to hear my words and go, oh, well, I, I might change my tune now. And I'm not saying you need to, but there's probably things we can all do to become better parents, kids, friends, siblings, you know, work colleagues, bosses, you know. And, that, you know, there's better things we can do to our fellow human beings. We can rewrite the script of our lives and those around us. And so maybe give it a go. Depending on where you are listening to this, it may be the morning, maybe the afternoon. Maybe try and just try and do something good. You may be the most perfect person ever, but just try to do something else. Hmm, I don't know. But I love the idea of not ruminating on the past events as if it's like driving backwards to undo a car accident. I think this is a great visual. And for those who have um, maybe had car accidents in your past, you know there's no way out of that. <laughs> Time kind of seems to slow down and then you're kind of, it's happened and there's no going back, unfortunately. Hey, those are the five, those are the five quotes we we found today. And I really liked all five and I'll probably do a segment like this again soon because it allows us to have a really interesting conversation. Something that I know uh, I will be pestered by if I don't do. I think it's really important to appreciate the good things in your life every day. And so as a last thing today, five things that I am grateful for on the fly. And these will, these will probably sound really, really stupid, really small. Hmm. I had a really lovely walk today. It was nice and chill, cold, but it was that perfect kind of sky where you've got, um, it's getting dark, but then there's the sunset, the kind of reddishes, oranges in the sky, beautiful frost on the ground. That was lovely. Number one. Number two, everyone around me is healthy, which I really like, or their health is stable at the moment. Long may that last. Number three. I had a really good lunch today. It's really stupid. I had a really good lunch today. And it's literally as simple as that. Was really hungry before. Hadn't eaten this morning. 12 o'clock. Really great lunch. Enjoyed that. Number four. I've got a plan for tomorrow. I kind of know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I've got a few things on a to-do list. I'm going to check those off and it's going to be great. And number five. Number five. It's always easier when you've actually thought about what you're grateful for. Absolutely. I'm really thankful for all the people who have tuned in live to this podcast. Um, there's been a few of you 
and I really appreciate you dropping in for however long you're in. And also to anyone else, when I publish this later, I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm also grateful for you listening as well. And yeah, there we go. Five things that I'm grateful for. Here's my challenge to you. If you've got a bit of time, maybe think about five things that you are grateful for. And I'd love to hear about them. So maybe drop a comment under this episode or to the channel, just saying the five things that you're grateful for. That'd be great. Thank you. I really appreciate you listening to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. If you liked kind of the vibe of this, then I release uh, episodes on a regular basis every Tuesday and also live episodes. I'm trying to do it a few more times a week. So the dream is every evening, but we're kind of working on it. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Podcast Tale. It's there where I release new episodes and also post about things that interest me. That's at Podcast Tale for more. Also on Podbean, you can subscribe to this podcast, which then gives you loads of updates when, uh, well, not loads of updates, no one wants that, but it lets you know when a live podcast show is going up and also when a new episode gone up as well. So there we go. I uh, really look forward to speaking to you all again soon, and I really hope that everything you attempt goes better than you expected. I will speak to you all again soon for another Toasted Tale by the Fireside.